Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Wednesday, June 28th, 2023, and this is day 1925 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you and praise you and honor you above all others. There is no one like you. Thank you, Lord, for showing us how to go forth and do everything you've given us through your wisdom, through your knowledge and understanding. Help us, Father, to seek you in every way and to uh, follow after the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, my Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is the vows we make. We need to be careful about the vows we make because we are actually making a vow unto the Lord when we make a promise to do something. We need to make sure that we do it. But before we even make the vow, we need to think it out carefully so that we don't uh, make a bad one just as this person did, Japheth. We're going to learn a little bit more about him and uh, the lesson that he learned as well as what we can learn. So again, now we're coming out of Judges chapter 11, um, verses 1 through uh, 40, but I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to tell you a little about it, but we'll start off with verse 1 through 11. It says, Japheth the Gileadite was a mighty warrior. His father was Gilead. His mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when they were grown up, they drove Japheth away. You are not going to get any, any inheritance in our family, they said, because you are the son of another woman. So Japheth fled from his brothers and settled in the land of Tob, where a gang of scoundrels gathered around him and followed him. Sometime later, when the Ammonites were fighting against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to Japheth from the land of Tob. Come, they said, be our commander so we can fight the Ammonites. Japheth said to them, didn't you hate me and drive me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you are in trouble? I would ask the same thing. (laughs) The elders of Gilead said to him, Nevertheless, we are turning to you now. Come with us to fight the Ammonites, and you will be head over all of us who live in Gilead. Japheth answered, Suppose you take me back to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gives them to me. Will I really be your head? The elders of Gilead replied, The Lord is our witness. So they made a vow as well. The Lord is our witness. We will certainly do as you say. So Japheth went with the elders of Gilead and the people, 
made him head and commander over them. And he repeated all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. Then Japheth sent messengers to the Ebonite king with the question, What do you have against me that you have attacked my country? So they went back and forth uh, through verses 13 um, through uh, 27. They went back and forth, and Japheth really gave it a good try, trying to work it out with words, with letters, you know, um, negotiating, but the king would not have it. So now let's jump down to verse 27. And Japheth is talking here. He says, I have not wronged you, but you are doing me wrong by waging war against me. Let the Lord, the God, let the Lord, the judge, decide the dispute. This day between the Israelites and the Ammonites. The king of Ammon, however, paid no attention to the message Japheth sent him. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Japheth. He crossed Gilead and Manasseh, passed through Mizpah of Gilead, and from there he advanced against the Ammonites. And Japheth made a vow mm -hmm, to the Lord. If you give the Ammonites into my hands, whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. Then Japheth went over to fight the Ammonites and the Lord gave them into his hands. He devastated 20 towns from Aurora to the vicinity of Manith. As far as Abel Karamim, thus Israel subdued Ammon. When Japheth returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter? Dancing to the sound of timbrels, she was an only child. Except for her, he had neither son nor daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and cried, Oh no, my daughter, you have brought you have brought me down and I am devastated. I have made a vow to the Lord that I cannot break. My father, she replied, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me just as you promised. Now that the Lord has avenged you for your enemies, the Ammonites, but grant me this one request, she said. Give me two months to roam the hills and weep with my friends because I will never marry. You may go, he said. And he let her go for two months. She and her friends went into the hills and wept because she would never marry. After the two months, she returned to her father and he did to her as he had vowed, and she was a virgin. From this, from this comes the Israelite tradition that each year the young women of Israel go out for four days to commemorate the daughter of Japheth, the Gileadite. So this was a rash decision that Japheth made. One thing I want to make sure to explain is that God did not, it was a sin uh, to to offer or commit human sacrifices. That was 
uh, not something that uh, God allowed. So uh, in this case, you know, many years I thought that he did sacrifice her. But we noticed that she, it kept being twice, it was said that she would never marry. And that was a very important thing back in those days uh, for the women to marry. If they didn't, it was as though they were cursed. So in my commentary, it says that verse 38, the one I read about her not being married, says that she never married, not that she died, implying that she was set apart for service to God and not killed. But he ruined her life, basically. She had to live uh, as a single person. Nothing wrong with being single these days. I'm back in, I'm just saying in those days, it was a curse as if you were cursed, if you were not married and if you did not have children. So let's go to our points. Point number one, when I think of vows, the first thing that comes to my mind is marriage vows. But how often are they kept? Statistics show that 40 to 50% of marriages end in divorce. Those are staggering statistics. These marriage vows are actually a covenant between us and God. We should be very careful about making vows to God. It is very important that we keep our agreement with God so that we don't suffer consequences for, for disobedience. We should also think about the vows we're about to make before we actually, before we actually make them. Um, Ecclesiastes 5 and 2 says, Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. Think it out is what the word says. Think it out before you do. Because once you do and you make that vow, you're committed to that vow. God sees, that's what God sees. And we must uh, keep the vow or we will suffer the consequences. Point number two. As we can see, Japheth's rash vow brought him unspeakable grief. In the heart of of emotion or personal turmoil, it's easy to make foolish promises to God. I mean, um, think about uh, Jacob and Esau. Esau made a foolish vow to his brother Jacob. Uh, he said, I'll give you the, my birthright if you give me a pot of that stew you made because Jacob was a good cook and Esau was a hunter. And so he said, okay. And he gave over his birthright. But the birthright was no good until the blessing of the father uh, was made up on that son. And so Jacob tricked his father along. His mother helped him trick his father and he got the blessing. But before all of that took place, Esau made that vow to his brother. There are many people in the Bible that have made foolish vows, promises to God. So these promises may sound very spiritual when we make them, but they may produce only guilt and frustration when we are forced to fulfill them. Making spiritual deals only brings disappointment. God does not want promises for the future, but he wants obedience from us today. That's the key. Let's focus on today. 
Trust God. Have faith. He's going to bring you through. You don't have to make a vow. I even tell the kids, I'll hear them say this a lot while we're having our T-zone sessions. I swear, I swear, Miss Jackie, I didn't do. I said, you don't have to swear. Don't swear. You don't have to do that. Just speak the truth and that's it. And they're okay, okay. There are so many areas, you know, that we're teaching and learning. Uh, Actually, I'm learning things from them as well. But we need to be careful of making vows. I'll never forget several years ago, uh, the church that I went to when I was in my early 20s and got saved and and belonged to that church for 27 years and, uh, you know, grew in that church, well, and learned so much. Uh, The pastors were pastor and uh, Farina, pastor and sister Farina, and they were uh, very good at what they did. And I love them dearly. They've gone on. Uh, to be with the Lord. Uh, but I remember Pastor Farina would bring in this evangelist every year. He may have done it for maybe three to four years or three to five years he would come and uh, every once a year. And he was a dynamic preacher. I mean, he was so good. But at the end of each of his preaching sessions, he would always spend a good 30 minutes on collecting money. It was such a turnoff. You know, it was like after you were filled up and the Holy Spirit, you know, it was the Holy Spirit had his way and there people were being, you know, set free and delivered, saved and all that. And then, you know, it's just like the whole spirit is quenched after he spent time. I mean, can I get somebody to give stand over here, $100, stand over here, all that stuff is like, oh man. And the, you know, I wasn't used to that. I didn't know the first time, but there's no excuse for me in this case. So he talked about, you know, even if you got your rent money, your bill money, you need to give it and God will bless you. And I'm thinking, well, won't God bless us? <laughs> I learned this afterward. Won't God bless us even if we don't give our bill money? Um, doesn't God want us to be wise? I mean, you pay your 10%, you pay your tithes, you give your offering. But after that, you know, it's up to you what you want to give. And you need to make sure that you're not taking from something else. And so I gave up money that, you know, uh, and actually quite a bit that I made a vow because he said, you can make payments and you make a certain payment every month. And I think I did it for a whole year. And I made this, whatever that payment was, I don't remember how much, but it was quite a bit for me and my family. And then I hadn't even talked to my husband about it. So that really made matters worse for me at home. <laughs> After, you know, making this big vow and a big amount of money to, to pay out every month. Man, oh man, did I ever learn my lesson after that. I kept my vow and I made those payments and and I explained it to my husband and we worked through it. But I said, never again. When he would come back, he came back maybe one more year. And I think Pastor Farina noticed he was pimping the congregation. I'm just going to (laughs) be plain and honest with it. That's what he was doing, you know, and, um, uh, he didn't come back anymore. But when he did come back that one year after, I did not fall for it again. <laughs> I gave what I knew I could give, and that was it. And I learned a valuable lesson that day. 
What about you? Have you learned or are you in the process of making a vow? Because you, you, maybe your faith is low and you're thinking this is what you have to do. God is saying you don't have to do that. He says, daughter, son, I love you. Your faith in me is all it takes. Trust me. And he says he will provide and he's going to do it in his own way and in his own time. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory be to God. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on T-Zone, KC.org, to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, and human and sex trafficking and awareness, along with Uh, DIY projects, teaching our youth how to do small household repairs. We thank you all for your support. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You all have blessed us so much, and we thank you for your prayers and for your donations. May God bless you abundantly. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.